This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Bed presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Nick Berlansky, and as I promised on Tuesday's episode, we're going to get into the Eastern Conference because I've been talking an awful lot about the West since I returned from my brief hiatus. So let's talk about that Eastern Conference. Very interesting and intriguing. Real, really, the entire conference, the way it is shaped out, is a very unique perspective because not often do we have an entire playoff field decided by the month of January because that's where we're at right now all eight teams have been locked in since basically the turn of the new year and now it's just fighting for supremacy at this point nobody has clinched a playoff spot but that's going to start coming here in the next week I'm sure Carolina and Florida will probably both clinch early to mid next week as the Islanders and Blue Jackets both continue to middle around in the last couple of spots. But what we're going to do in this episode is I'm going to tell you where they're at. Obviously, all five teams that were in action on Thursday evening in the Eastern Conference playoffs went out and got the victories. Some of them a little more impressive than others, but all five of them came home with two points after last night. So I'll talk about some of those matchups. I'll talk about, as of right now, what are the playoff matchups that we're looking at for the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And then you know what? I'm going to give you my preferred first round, what I would like to see, the matchups that I think would be the most entertaining, and they have to be within the realm of possibility, which they will be. But let's look at those games from Thursday night, shall we? The Pittsburgh Penguins currently sitting in third place in the Metropolitan Division. They went up to Minnesota, took on the Minnesota Wild, who at the time had the longest win streak in the NHL at seven games. Penguins able to win 4-3 in overtime thanks to a very gutsy performance in overtime by Evgeny Malkin, getting three cracks at trying to get the puck past Cam Talbot, who was sprawling to take it back from him. And Malkin puts it away. So the Penguins get a victory over the Minnesota Wild 4-3. The Boston Bruins, on the strength of a six-goal second period, absolutely annihilate the New Jersey Devils. I had high hopes for the Devils this year. Not as high as Eastern Conference Championship. But I also thought that the New Jersey Devils could push, potentially, for a playoff spot. They lost. They're eliminated from playoff contention. So the field is starting to solidify even though we knew what it was going to look like since January 1 of this year. So a nice win for the Boston Bruins, a statement win at the Garden, 8-1 to over the New Jersey Devils. The Toronto Maple Leafs, it's always a really good game whenever the Maple Leafs are home to another Canadian opponent. They go out and they win by a score of 7-3. A nice win where they were able to get their points up, they are able to keep the Jets under four goals, and they win by four. Nice, comfortable win. Four goal second period for them, and it was all over by the time the third period started as they had a 5-3 to three lead 
and they just expanded upon that from there. We'll talk about Austin Matthews and the big moment that he had on Thursday night a little bit later in this episode. Florida Panthers, absolute dominance. 4 to nothing win over the Chicago Blackhawks. If you're going to be a best team in the league, you have to dispatch of the bad teams and show that you're doing it in an appropriate way. It's exactly what the Florida Panthers were able to do. 4 to nothing on home ice, sent the Blackhawks home packing. And the last game from the Eastern Conference playoff field on Thursday evening, the Carolina Hurricanes at home, shutting out the Montreal Canadiens by the same exact score as the Florida Panthers game, 4 to nothing. Just absolute sheer dominance from one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. So there it is. Thursday night, a great night for hockey. If you're a fan of any of those Eastern Conference playoff teams, all five of them getting a victory and proving once again that they are the class of the Eastern Conference. That there is there's no one close in that regard. So looking at the standings as of right now, the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs in the Eastern Conference would go as follows. The Florida Panthers take it on the Washington Capitals. That's an interesting matchup. Not one that I can ever remember happening. So it would be new. I think the Capitals, when you look at this conference, are probably the weakest team in the conference. Not to say that they're a bad team. But it feels like everybody else is a a step or two above the uh, the Washington Capitals. I don't know. I think this would be the most lopsided potential matchup here if it's Panthers versus Capitals. But I, I don't want to count out Alex Ovechkin because when you do that, he's liable to go off like in 2018 and go win a Stanley Cup. But at the same time, the last three years have not been kind to the Washington Capitals in the postseason, taking on the hottest team in the Eastern Conference in the Florida Panthers when they have to prove their dominance in the postseason, something they haven't been able to do in a long time. They're built for the postseason. The only hope for any team playing the Panthers, in my opinion, is that Sergei Bobrovsky turns back into a pumpkin like he's liable to do earlier in his career. So as of right now, it would be Panthers versus Washington Capitals. It would also then be, in the Atlantic Division, Toronto Maple Leafs against the Tampa Bay Lightning. That would be a very interesting matchup, in my opinion. A lot of offense to go around. The question being, of course, the Toronto Maple Leafs goaltending and Jack Campbell. They've never gotten good goaltending since they've returned to the playoffs and lost in the first round the last, I believe it's five seasons now. The question has always been goaltending, but it has always been Freddie Anderson. Now you look at Jack Campbell. That's the big question mark. Can he get them over the hump? He loses in a goaltending head-to-head matchup with Andre Vasilevsky any day of the year. And do I really believe that the Tampa Bay Lightning, after back-to-back Stanley Cups, are going to get dispatched in the first round? Not without a miraculous performance from Toronto. Now, again, I said Austin Matthews had a great night. I'll talk about that a little bit later. He has the potential to be that miraculous performer, but you have to see it in the postseason, which we haven't necessarily seen put all together in the way that would help the Toronto Maple Leafs win. Moving over to the Metropolitan Division, the number one seed right now, the Carolina Hurricanes, who just simply because they have one more game played than Florida, they have to play the tougher seed in the wild card. And right now that's the Boston Bruins. And that is much tougher of a draw than the Washington Capitals, in my opinion. The Bruins, like I said, they won 8-1 to last night. I know it's the Devils, but 8-1 to 
it's the National Hockey League. You win by a score like that at this point in the season, you know, March 31st, that's a statement win for the Boston Bruins. The Carolina Hurricanes have been just kind of puttering along as a really, really good team. They've kind of silently been one of the best teams in the National Hockey League. They have 98 standings points. Like I said, tied for Florida for the top point total in the Eastern Conference and also the second best point total in the entire National Hockey League, only two points behind the Colorado Avalanche, who are currently in the lead for the President's Trophy. The Hurricanes, they have Freddie Anderson. Those questions will be answered. If he, if he ends up going out and being a really good playoff performer for the Hurricanes, I'm sure Toronto fans are going to be unhappy. But those questions still remain for him. I think the team in front of him is a lot more complete than he has ever seen in the postseason before. So I think that obviously that lends to a little bit better of a performance, but we'll have to see. And then the last matchup as of right now would be Rangers-Penguins, which in my opinion would probably be the one most guaranteed to go seven games. I'll talk about that a little bit later because when I get into the series I'd like to see happen, that is the only one that is currently slotted to happen that I would like to see end up going head-to-head. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. That's where they're at currently. I want to start in the, in the Atlantic Division when talking about the matchups that I would like to see. Because we all want to see the best possible matchups in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Usually the second round is the best round. But this year, in the Eastern Conference, every potential series is going to be barn burner potential six or seven game series. Now, I'm not going to lie. There might be an outlier that ends up being a sweep, that ends up being a four to one embarrassment, a five game series. But realistically, I don't see that happening with any of these matchups, any of the ones that I just mentioned or any of the ones that I'm looking for. I think they're all potential six. I think we get three seven game series in the first round, whether it's whatever shapes out or whatever I'm about to throw out here. I want to start in the Atlantic division. Like I mentioned Panthers, I'd like to see them take on the the Tampa Bay Lightning. We saw it last season. It was a fantastic series. We've seen the regular season games this year turn into playoff type games. Physical, lots of extracurriculars after the whistle. Entertaining. The talent on both sides is probably the most deep when it comes to pure talent on paper than we've ever seen two teams going head-to-head in the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's what I want to see. For that to happen... I see the Panthers in first place, which is where they're at now. So they don't have to do anything but stay exactly, you know, stay the course where you're at. The Lightning would have to drop below the Boston Bruins and slot into wild card one territory. But also the Panthers would have to drop below the Carolina Hurricanes when it comes to supremacy for the top overall seed in the East. So I need the Panthers to drop below the Hurricanes but stay in first place. And I need the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are only one point ahead of the Boston Bruins, to drop down into that wild card one spot. I think that is the potential first round series, best first round series that we could potentially see. A lot of these series are going to be entertaining, great television value, great for TV analytics. Viewership would be up, I think, in all of these. But this would potentially be the best hockey matchup we could see in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs across the board, not just in the Eastern Conference. Like I said, rematch of last season, they all both went all in at the deadline. 
Lightning traded the farm for Brandon Hagel. He hasn't quite worked out yet, but you know he will eventually. It took a while for Blake Coleman to work out in Tampa Bay. It's going to take a little while for Brandon Hagel to work out. They've been on a little bit of a cold streak as of late. The Florida Panthers, they went all in times two. Bringing in Claude Giroux. He's playing with Sasha Barkov. That's already entertaining enough. Trading the farm for Ben Sherratt. You know you're going all in when you trade the farm for a guy as minimal as Ben Sherratt. So I like this matchup. I think it's really entertaining. I think this would be the best matchup of the first round. And it is attainable with just a little bit of tweaking to the NHL standings as of right now. We have one month left. It is April 1st. This is not an April Fool's joke. We have one month left. I think that is quite possible and I would love to see it. Where does that leave the 2-3 matchup in the Atlantic Division? Oh, I'm sure a lot of you, especially Maple Leafs fans, if you're listening, a lot of you figured where I was going with this. I don't know how Maple Leafs fans feel about it. I gotta ask on Twitter, at HockeyHotBedPod, I'm going to. How would you feel going up against the Boston Bruins for the fourth time since 2013? In each instance, it's gone seven games. So already you know that these teams, whatever they match up in the postseason, are very even. It's no different this year. In fact, I think the biggest difference would be that I would take the Maple Leafs as the favorite in this one. Those other three times, the Maple Leafs were clearly the underdog in the situation. But the Bruins, without Tuka Rask, nothing against Jeremy Swayman, nothing against Linus Allmark, the Bruins are not as strong of a candidate to make a deep run with those guys in net over Tuka Rask, or at least as strong as they had been in the past. Does not mean that they're not a good team. Does not mean that they can go out here and they can break the hearts of Toronto once again. But boy, would I just love to see this matchup. You look at the matchups for Toronto. Toronto, Tampa, like I said, it'd be entertaining. A lot of offense. Not much bad blood there. Toronto versus Florida, similar thing. Not much bad blood there. But Toronto, Boston, original six. The recent history. This time, with a little bit of a twist, Toronto is in the driver's seat. Toronto is the favorite. That's must-see television right there. That is must-see television right there. I said three playoff series since 2013. This would be the fourth. Obviously, we all remember in 2013, that went seven games, but in game seven in Boston, the Leafs give up the 4-1 to lead in the third period. It's the joke. It's the meme. It's, it's the one thing haunting Toronto sports other than the fact that they haven't gotten past the first round since, what was it, the 1990s, early 2000s, something like that. I don't know. I think 2003 was the last time they won a playoff series. Then they met again in 2018. This will be different. We have Austin Matthews. We have Mitch Martyr. We have William Nylander. That's not the different. Game seven in Boston, you lose. 2019, same, same story, different year. Seven game series, they lose. All these years, we all thought, okay, the Maple Leafs were the underdogs. Eventually, you'd think they'd have to win. Well, since 2019, what did they do? Lost in the bubble to the Columbus Blue Jackets. That was embarrassing. And then last year, blow a 3-1 series lead against the Montreal Canadiens. If you're going to get over the hump eventually, which I believe this team will, 
If not, then I don't want to know who stepped on an Indian burial ground up there amongst the buds. But if you can't get past it eventually, there's something more at work there. And if you're going to do it, you might as well do it against the Boston Bruins. That's the that's the best storyline, right? Wouldn't it feel better if you dispatch the Boston Bruins in the first round to get over that hump, no matter what happens in the second and third rounds, but you want a playoff series and you beat your rival that had kept you from doing it in three game sevens in the past decade. I like it. I mentioned we were going to give Austin Matthews his flowers and we're going to do that right now before we head to commercial break and then talk about the Metropolitan side of things. Austin Matthews, with an empty net goal, hit the 50-goal mark for the first time in his career. Congratulations. That is actually very, very impressive, especially even though in today's NHL we see that mark hit a little bit more often. 40-goal scores, 50-goal scores, a little bit more common nowadays than they were before. But Austin Matthews finally hits that mark. He becomes the, let me see, one, two, three, four. No, he becomes the fourth Toronto Maple Leaf in history to hit that mark. This is, however, the two, three, four, five, sixth 50-goal season in Maple Leafs history. Of course, Rick Vive has three different 50-goal seasons. Austin Matthews now on the board with his first. Probably the first of many. Don't get me wrong. If he plays 82-game seasons, he will get 50-goal seasons. He fell short last year in a 56-gamer. He was 100% a 50-goal scorer last year. He probably would have been a 50-goal scorer the year before. But as with Alex Ovechkin chasing Gretzky, as with Sidney Crosby trying to get up there and, and total points, that is the downfall of the COVID pandemic. One of them in the game of hockey. All these records, all these great seasons don't stack up quite enough in the record books because they didn't play quite enough games. But Austin Matthews in 2021-22, he finally hits the 50-goal mark. First time that that has happened in Toronto in 19 seasons. Actually, 18 seasons, I should say. Dave Andrichuk is the last Toronto Maple Leaf to do it in 1993-94. He scored 53 goals. He has the second most all-time. Rick Vive is the all-time leader in goals in a season for the Toronto Maple Leafs. 1981-82, he had 54. I fully expect Austin Matthews with 15 games left in the season, 15, 14 games, whatever's left for the Toronto Maple Leafs, I fully expect him to pass Rick Vive to become, or to have, I should say, the greatest goal-scoring season in the history of the Toronto Maple Leafs. That is no small feat, so congratulations to Austin Matthews. I think the conversation really needs to be had, and I will have it later on this show, not on this episode, but later in this show, that Austin Matthews should be a finalist for the Hart Trophy this year. He's going to probably win the Rocket Richard for the second straight season, which is impressive in its own right, but he should be a Hart finalist this year, at the very least. And I think there's an argument to be made that he wins the whole damn thing. I mean, when you look at what he's done this season, considering the fact that he's coming off of wrist surgery, he missed the first couple of games of the year, and he came in Started off slow, but since then has been on an absolute tear. I know what people say. The Toronto media always favors the Toronto players. And if that's the case, then he certainly will be a Hart Trophy finalist. Might even win it. But at the same time, I think that is deservingly so in this case. 
So congratulations to Austin Matthews. Fantastic performance this season. It's going to continue. Sixth 50-goal season in Maple Leafs history. Fourth player to do it. It's a really tremendous accomplishment for him and the Buds up north. We're going to take a quick break here, but when I return, let's talk a little bit about the Metropolitan Division because that has been really probably the best division in all of hockey this year, and the two potential playoff matchups are right up there, making this potentially the best first round of the playoffs we have seen in the salary cap era. We'll be right back. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team to get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right, a bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to the Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network as well as DraftKings. Make sure you use promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app for great odds and even better opportunities. We're talking about my potential first round matchups in the Eastern Conference, the ones that I would like to see. They're not necessarily the ones that we see locked up right now. One of them is, but the rest of them, I'm playing matchmaker and trying to bring the results as great TV ratings and great playoff hockey let's go with the Carolina Hurricanes in order for this to happen I believe the Hurricanes would need to outlast the Florida Panthers for the overall top spot in the Eastern Conference I could see that happening 100% could see that happening they're tied right now the only difference is the Hurricanes have one or sorry the Panthers have one game in hand the Hurricanes strike me as a team that even though they don't have many big rivals on the ice. I feel like their biggest rivals are off the ice. Analysts, fans, just people that don't like them in general. But I really don't think there's much hatred for this team, especially on the ice. The one team that I have seen actual hatred, the one team that I have seen the potential rivalry with the Carolina Hurricanes are the overall 8th seed, currently wildcard to Washington Capitals. They played in the playoffs back in 2019. That was the coming out party for this Carolina Hurricanes team. I gave you the analogy on Tuesday's episode when I gave my Stanley Cup favorite in the West and my dark horse for all of it, 
my analogy was, hey, a boxer goes in there, or a fighter goes in there in the UFC. First time you're there, it's for the experience. Second time you're there, you get a couple wins under your belt. Third time you're there, then we go. Now we go, right? The Carolina Hurricanes didn't do that. They went in there and said, you know what? Screw the first time of just getting our nose wet, getting our feet wet. We're going to go in there and we're going to knock out the defending Stanley Cup champions. And they did in seven games. A really good series between the Hurricanes and the Capitals. I saw a lot of people on Capitals media at that point calling the Hurricanes the 7-Eleven brand of the Washington Capitals, calling them little brother. And the Caps went out there and fell in seven games to little brother in that instance, the Carolina Hurricanes. Not only did the Hurricanes do that, but then they went out and they swept the New York Islanders in the second round. I don't know why I was, I was drawing a blank there for a second, folks. So they went out and they swept the New York Islanders and they went to the Eastern Conference Finals. So a coming coming out party into the Eastern Conference Finals. And then of course they just ran out of gas and got blown over by a really good Boston Bruins team. But that was their introduction. And it all started against the Washington Capitals in a knockout, dra- knockdown, drag out brawl of a first round series. Seven game series ended in double overtime. Brock McGinn was the hero in that one. He currently plays for the Penguins. But nonetheless, the bad blood remains. And you can kind of see it in the regular season matchups now. Carolina, Washington, they didn't even play last year. Carolina was relegated to the Central Division. They weren't they weren't allowed to play at the big boys table that was the Eastern Division last year. And that's exactly how I'm going to say it. They were sent over to the Central. Guess what? They got the job done in the Central Division. Came out the number one seed. Went in. Won a playoff series against the, the Predators. A really entertaining playoff series. And then, obviously, struggled to get past the Tampa Bay Lightning, as everybody else that has tried to do that in the last two years has been doing. But Hurricanes versus the Capitals, I love that series. I love the potential there. The offense that the Hurricanes bring versus the offense that Alex Ovechkin brings, oh, great. Goaltending questions on both sides. You know, is it Vitek Vanacek? Is it Ilya Samsonov for the Capitals? We don't know. But the good thing is, on the other side... We understand that it's going to be Freddie Anderson starting, but we don't know what we're going to see. Historically, Freddie Anderson melts under pressure in the postseason. Or at least he did so with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So him trying to get to figure that out against a Washington Capitals team that is, listen, they are seasoned in the postseason. They have the experience, but so do the Hurricanes now. Like I said, went to the Eastern Conference Finals in 2019. That was their coming out party. 2020, Lost in the first round against the Bruins, I believe. So it was two two losses to the Bruins. And then in 2021, in the postseason, they do get a series win. And then they fall short to the Tampa Bay Lightning. So two out of their three years, since they've came out as a perennial playoff contender, they lost to, one, a Stanley Cup runner-up, and two, the Stanley Cup champion. Not a bad resume for the Carolina Hurricanes. I do see them going deep in this this year's playoffs. At the very least, I see them winning their first round series, even if it is against the Capitals, but I do think that's the best matchup for them. Which leaves only one. Only one matchup and is the only one that I am taking that is currently on the board. And that is New York Rangers as the two seed. Pittsburgh Penguins is the three seed. Now, as a proud Western Pennsylvanian, I would love to see the Penguins open up the playoffs at PPG Paints Arena. Most of my 
best memories are from home games at PPG Paints Arena in April, in May, and June. Sitting outside on the lawn, watching on Mario's television. A couple times inside when I was lucky enough. So I'd love to see them start in Pittsburgh. But it's also opening night of the playoffs at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, that has a nice ring to it as well. So no matter who's the second seed, who's the third seed, it's going to be really entertaining. It's going to be great for TV ratings. Whoever gets this, TNT, ESPN+, ABC, whoever picks it up, fantastic TV ratings, as will most of these series. The games that these two teams have played, they didn't play until March. Think about that. They've been next to each other in the standings all season long, but they never crossed paths until March. Right now, the the Rangers lead the series, the season series, 2-1. to Would not be surprised at all if the Penguins evened it up in that last matchup that's coming up, I believe, next week or late next week. The games have been great. First and foremost, nationally televised, Saturday afternoon game on ABC, a 1-0 barn burner. And it was not a boring one to nothing either. Most one to nothing games, you look at them and you're like, eh, really wish there was some action. There was plenty of scoring chances, plenty of high danger scoring chances, a lot of physicality between those two teams in that game. And then eventually Evgeny Malkin for the Pittsburgh Penguins on the power play puts it away in the third period. If you're going to have a one to nothing game, that is the picture perfect example of what you want it to look like. And that's when the Penguins had their only win this year. A week ago, on Friday, at MSG, Rangers completely embarrassed the Pittsburgh Penguins. 5-1 to one victory. They were up 3 to nothing in the first five minutes of that game. The Rangers proved there that, hey, we can take down the Pittsburgh Penguins. This is not, this is not an issue. We can score on these guys at will. And Igor Shosturkin once again said, you know what, you're not going to beat me. Tuesday, even better matchup. Oh my goodness. 3-2 to two game. It was 1-0 after 1, 2-1 after 2. 3-1 early in the third period because Chris Kreider scored on the power play. Then late in the third, the Penguins turned the Jets on. Sidney Crosby, clap bomb from the point on the power play, beats Jesterkin. And then in the last two minutes of the game, both sides going balls to the wall. Rangers had like 10 opportunities in an empty net. Penguins flailing in front of their own net, keeping it out, getting an opportunity late in the game. And Igor Shosturkin ends up being the hero standing tall against Jake Gensel on a cross-crease pass. If you can hear the tone of my voice, I know it's been kind of the same today. I'm a little tired. But if you can hear the excitement in my voice, there is excitement, at least mentally, for me in this matchup. The Penguins and the Rangers historically have been rivals. You look back in the early 1990s, there's the slash on Mario Lemieux when he broke his wrist. Those matchups were very heated. Those matchups were bloody. You look at the matchup they had back in 2008. Marion Hosa ended that one in game six. Really good series, really entertaining series. Plenty of talent on both sides. Henrik Lundqvist versus Marc-Andre Fleury. Fantastic. And then you look at the fact that they played three years in a row in the postseason. 2014. That Rangers team won in seven games. Came back from a 3-1 to series deficit. 
win it in seven games, and then they go the whole way to the Stanley Cup final before eventually falling to the LA Kings. 2015, that Penguins team was not good. And the Rangers embarrassed them. They truly did. I believe it was, what, a five-game series? I think it was a five-game series in 2015. Embarrassing, embarrassing show for the Pittsburgh Penguins. So they were dispatched of the Rangers two years in a row. Guess what they do in 2016? They take out the New York Rangers. This time the Penguins, much better team. This time the Penguins dispatch of the Rangers fairly easily en route to go and actually win the Stanley Cup. So there is history here. There's recent history. Fantastic series of games between these two teams in the past month. They will play one more time before the playoffs. So it'll be recent memory of the bad blood. It's going to be a good series. That's what I want. That's what's lined up right now. That's what, honestly, I would give it a 90% chance that this one is the most likely to happen of all the ones that I mentioned. And it's going to be great. All of these matchups are going to be great. So let me quickly review the matchups that I want. And you tell me whether or not there's a better compilation or configuration of these eight teams matching up in the first round. And these are all, again, within the realm of possibility. Need a couple tweaks to the standings here and there in this last month, but these are all within the realm of possibility. First, Panthers-Lightning. Rematch of 2021 playoffs. Huh, great. Second, Maple Leafs-Bruins. Rematch of the 2013, 2018, 2019 first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Original six matchup. Trying to get over the hump Maple Leafs against a Bruins team that has come on so hot in the second half. They are the second hottest team still in Boston behind the Celtics, but still making the mass holes believe that they could go on a run. Maple Leafs Bruins, great matchup. Third matchup, Hurricanes Capitals. That's a rematch of 2019. Hurricanes went the whole way to the Eastern Conference Finals that year. Seven game series ended in double overtime. Who doesn't want to see Canes Caps round two? I would. And then lastly, Rangers-Penguins, like I said, most likely to actually happen. Shesterkin versus Tristan Jari. Obviously, Shesterkin is the number one goaltender of the year this year. He's going to win the Vezina. Tristan Jari is going to finish top five. And to see these two face off in the playoffs, this will be Shesterkin's first actual taste of playoff hockey. What does he look like? This will be Tristan Jari's second taste. He was abysmal last year. Can he get that revenge? The storylines in these four series are abundant. The Eastern Conference playoffs are head and shoulders more entertaining than the Western Conference playoffs on paper. Not to say that the West won't be entertaining. It will be, because it always is. But the East is stacking up to be the greatest playoff half of a bracket that we have ever seen. First round, barn burners. Second round, like think about this. The second round then could be Hurricanes-Penguins, Hurricanes-Rangers, caps Pens, Caps, Rangers. Either way, that's fantastic. Looking at the Atlantic, it could be Panthers, Bruins, Panthers, Maple Leafs. Or it could be Lightning, Bruins. We've seen some really good series between those two teams. Or Lightning versus the Maple Leafs. Like I said, that's who's matched up right now. Would be a great series. Be even better if the Maple Leafs had a little bit more of a playoff pedigree, which this would allow them to do. So let me know, what are your dream scenarios for the Eastern Conference playoffs? Tag me at Hockey Hotbed Pod on Twitter. Tag me at Nick underscore Berlansky on Twitter. I'll respond to anyone and everyone that responds with their favorite 
potential playoff matchups in the Eastern Conference. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Hockey Hotbed. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll continue to talk about the greatest storylines across the National Hockey League every Tuesday and Friday going forward. It is the final month of the NHL regular season starting right now. Buckle up because the push for the playoffs is underway. We'll see you guys next week. Have a great weekend, hockey fans.